Hello everyone, this is episode number 16 of The Happy Thinker. Hello my friends, so I'm happy to be here with you on the day we recognize Independence Day. Independence Day was yesterday and I hope you all celebrated your freedom in a safe, fun, and wonderfully grateful way. I know that I got to spend it with my family, which is something I am super happy that I have the freedom to do. As some of you may have indicated or known, I personally have a freedom that I celebrate because of where I live and it's not always free in every country. I get the opportunity to have a beautiful wife of my own, which is not something that every country has. We're not the only country that does, but not every country has. So I celebrate that freedom to live in a place like that, as well as all the other freedoms of freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of many, many other things. So I hope you all celebrated your own freedoms and we're very grateful for that. Speaking of independence, I am going to talk about independent thought today. Independent thinking is something that is not common enough and needs to be improved upon. And it's something you have to work at. Independent thinking is not quite like thinking independent type thoughts, being more independent of others or that kind of thing. What it really means and comes down to, independent thinking doesn't adopt information as is, is kind of the definition that best suited what I'm going to talk about today. Independent thought is important and this is why. In order for you to live a life that is fully you, a life that is happy and a life that is fulfilling and a life that makes a difference, you can't be living as anyone else or any um, stereotype or any subgroup or any category of yourself. You must be fully and totally yourself. In order to be fully yourself, you must learn independent thought at its best. This is also important because independent thought has created the most revolutionary things in the world. Without independent thought, things like the internet, the airplane, um, the cell phones, which I'm sure you're listening to from now, possibly, or another form of technology that was from independent thought. It was somebody who decided to think something different than other people, and they ran with that thought. So independent thought is creative thought. It is the thought that produces something new, pushes new boundaries, reaches new heights, does things that other people haven't done or didn't have the courage to do because it was independently thought. Even if you've thought something that somebody else has thought about but never had the courage to create it into life, like maybe somebody said before anybody had ever climbed to the highest mountain, okay? And they said, I think I'm going to climb Everest. But then they never actually climbed Everest. It may have been an independent thought, but it is not independent thinking. The reason why is it may have been an independent thought, but it was never acted upon. So to encourage independent thought, you must also put that into action if it feels like you. So 
this brings up an interesting point. Sometimes when we're trying things that are independently thought, things you've never thought before, you're like, well, how do I know that's me? Well, because it was independently thought by you, not influenced by someone else. So if somebody had said, I bet you can't climb that mountain. And then you said, well, what if I climb that mountain? That's not independent thought that was encouraged by someone outside of you. Now, let's rewind and say, if someone said, I bet you can't climb that mountain, and you thought to yourself, I bet I could climb that mountain, and I'd like to. And that feels like you, you know, that's something you actually is in you. It may have been inspired outside of you, but it wasn't thought outside of you. That's independent thinking. It's not taking information as is, but instead, taking it deeper within ourselves, kind of rationing how, rationalizing (laughs) how we feel uh, truly about it, and then moving forward, not being caught up by limiting beliefs or belief ceilings, which I'm going to talk about both of those in a second because they are the biggest enemies to independent thought. So let's do this. I'm going to talk about independent thought, belief limiting perspectives, Uh, belief ceilings, and also things you can do to encourage independent thought, practice independent thought, and some habits to adopt to be more open to independent thought. So let's do this. Okay, let's talk a little bit about independent thought specifically. Independent thought, as I described it in the definition before, is not adopting information as is. I want to break down this sentence a little bit. The important things to think about when you're thinking about this sentence and breaking it down is the word adopting and the words as is. So when you adopt something, you're taking that on as your own. You're claiming that information to be true for you. I want to isolate the fact that there is no solitary, individual, like, universal truth that is outside of you. And the reason I say this, and I know I'm going to get a lot of pushback from this idea, is because nothing is definitively true except what you choose to make true for you. You may have evidence and proof based on your individual experience of life to make it true for you, but nothing outside of you can make it true. So let's think about, there are some specific truths and there should be some like ground rules or ground foundations to start off as truth. I don't want you to start questioning your own reality. The only thing I want you to question is your belief systems in things like how you feel about the world, um, how you feel about yourself, how you feel about others, what you think and believe about yourself, the world, and others. These are the belief systems we need to question to see if they serve your greatest good. Independent thought thinks what if type thoughts. So It's not taking information and saying, yep, that's true, definitively, no question, move on. It's saying, what if the opposing opinion to that or the uncommon opinion to that is true? Or what if 
we could stretch beyond what is now, what is true in this present moment, to what could be true in the future. What I mean by that is, for instance, take the internet as a suggestive thought. Before the internet existed, it was probably unfathomable, (laughs) if I can say that, unfathomable, to somebody, if you told them you could communicate with somebody in real time on the other side of the world right now without going anywhere, without doing anything but through this device, you could communicate with someone on the other side of the world. That idea would not have made sense and wouldn't have been a truth. It didn't feel true because it wasn't true. The collective belief system in that time period was that doesn't exist, that is not true. That could not be true because it is not true now. So, independent thinkers think what-if type beliefs. What if I could change the way we communicate with somebody on the other side of the world? And I could do it in real time. What if I could do that? How would I do that? And then we start into the hows and the whys. Why would I do that? So, science sometimes pushes this boundary a little too much. And this is why. They independently think about what if I could do this with this reaction or with this chemical or with whatever. They start to experiment without asking the question, why am I doing this? Independent thinking is a beautiful and wonderful gift from the higher existence of ourselves. From God, the universe, whatever it is that you think it came from or believe that it came from, it is a gift. It is something to be grateful for, that we have independent thinking. Independent thinking is something no one can ever take away from you. And it's something that if you live in a country that is very free, like we celebrated our freedom here in the United States, um, you have the option, opinion, and availability to express your independent thinking. Not all places are like this, and there are many other countries that are like this. So we're not the only ones. But I am very appreciative that I do, in fact, live in one of those places. So that being said, it is almost a robbing of oneself not to act upon their what-if independent thinking. But what happens is this. Independent thinking asks a lot of what-if questions, mostly because it questions the beliefs that are already existing around them. So these are called belief ceilings. Limited beliefs are a totally different thing, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But belief ceilings, in definition, is something that feels true because it's believed by the collective that you either identify with or surround yourself with but it's not definitively true and therefore it can be estimated that it could in fact be faulty. So when I'm talking about belief ceilings, I'm going to say it again. It's something that feels true because it's believed by the collective that you either identify with or surround yourself with but it can't be definitively proven and therefore it can be questioned and it should be questioned to see if it serves your greatest good to hold the belief. Many times when we are 
trying to think independently of anything around us already. You're trying to think of things that other people haven't thought of. This isn't an exercise you just like, people are like, oh, I'm just going to sit down. Like it's something you wake up in the morning and say, I'm going to think differently than everybody else today. Unless you have a good purpose, a good reason. That's where it comes into that asking why. You as a person have specific individualized and customized belief systems in you. Some of them serve you, some of them do not serve you. But what's important is you need to make sure whatever beliefs you choose to hold on to once you're aware of them are ones that fit with your core identity as a person. Your core identity of the deep down who you want to be and who you believe you are. These are things like honesty, integrity, growth, positivity, joy, gratitude, things that are important to you individually that make up who you are. So belief ceilings are things that we cling to like safety blankets almost. They're safe thoughts. They're thoughts that everybody else is believing it, everybody else is doing it, and it's been true so far. So why would we think anything else? Progress for the sake of progress is something not everybody subscribes to. But progress in the sake of being better as a humanity and being better as individuals, I believe is worth striving for. Independent thought creates progress. And progress is important to being able to reach higher levels of understanding of others, higher levels of compassion, empathy, completeness as people, learning to be more connected as people, learning to be different and being okay with being different. Being more progressive is important and independent thought is a key to that. So how do we push past these belief systems that have held us back? These belief ceilings that are like a limit to how far we believe we can go, how far things can go. Like this suggestion of the internet, we could even like, we could even go to things like same-sex marriage. A couple years ago, this was a belief system that was widely accepted by the collective saying the same sex cannot marry. That's just not something that is acceptable. So the belief was held that that would never be something acceptable until somebody questioned this belief. Well, why is the validity of your marriage more valid than the validity of me loving this person and me wanting to commit my vows to them? So by somebody being independent in thought, not only independent in just the thought that came to their mind, but independent in thought enough to act upon the thought they were able to change a collective belief. Now, there are still some people that believe this is not something that should be done, but there's a large portion of people that now believe that this is perfectly natural and okay. And because of that, we become a more inclusive, more compassionate, more understanding of different walks of life and different ways of living, and a more empathetic and better society 
because we are willing to see other people's way of thinking. So there are some keys to learning to be an independent thinker, and there's some things to keep in mind to continually independently think. Because sometimes when we get in a groove of being around a certain group of people, if you have a routine, and most people do, you're around very similar people, you're around those people a lot, and because of this, you are continually thinking similar thoughts. Even your own thoughts are like repetitive motion. And this is something that your brain does on purpose because it's safe. It is easy for your brain to think the same things over and over again. When trying to adopt a new thought, a couple different problems kind of pop up. One, will this independent thought, if act upon, make me feel isolated, like the primal fears that we have? Isolation, abandonment, and unacceptance. These isolated fears, we don't want to be cut off from our tribe, and our primal, primal brain doesn't want to be like, okay, so I'm thinking these things, and they may not be like the collective group that I'm with or the people I identify with. Am I going to lose or sacrifice something that I value now within my tribe for thinking these independent thoughts? So these kinds of fears, these kinds of problems pop up for us. Number two, it feels very isolating to think independently because you're questioning belief systems widely held by your group. And because you're questioning it, that alone can feel isolating. You can feel, okay, well, I'm different in this way. But embracing this isolation simply to process through it, then learning to be acceptant enough to speak it is good, a good thing in lots of ways. All of the all of the forward motion we've ever had in the world only happened because somebody said, okay, this is the way it's been. This is the way I see it now. And this is the collective truth. But is this my truth? And independent thought made that happen. So here are five things you need to be doing to make sure independent thought is flowing. Number one, read books and read articles and read magazines and read everything, but read things that you wouldn't normally read outside of your genre of reading. So if you're a type of person who loves self-help books, like that's me, I'm obsessed with self-help books because I like that they bring a new idea of self-help to me and they bring a new idea, a new way of thinking about how to revolutionize myself. So self-help books for me are great because most of the time they bring a new thought. It's a new independent thought. And by seeing other people's independent thoughts outside of the things you're used to seeing, it spurs your own independent thought. So that is why it's important to read other people's material. But let's say you don't read self-help books. If you decided to read a self-help book, and you're not used to reading that, it would be a totally new concept to your brain that isn't familiar of thinking those thoughts. So it brings new independent thought. This also builds, literally builds pathways in your brain. So it gives you the option to have more capacity to think independent thoughts, even outside of the concept in the book. Same thing about like politics, religion, um, culture, backgrounds, different people. Let's say you never ever read documentaries or anything to do with like an autobiography. 
Well, if you picked up an autobiography from somebody that you don't even really pay much attention to, you might learn and identify with something with that person's life and their experiences that change the way you think. And by doing this, you develop more independent thought. So reading is the number one thing you need to be doing to create independent thought. Number two, looking for the opposing view that challenges your own view. So playing the devil's advocate. So you want to do the whole, okay, this is what the current situation is or the current belief is. What if the opposing view is true? And then think about that. What if their view was true? What if their view was also right? And you don't have to make it they're, they're right and you're wrong. Just say, what if their view was also right? And then think about it and decide whether that is something you would in fact be able to understand and empathize with and open up your mind to new independent thought. Thinking that you are always right and that you are always in the right, right way of thinking leaves no option for growth and no independent thinking because you're going to think the same recycled thoughts you always have been because they're right to you. This is opening up new truths for you by doing that. Number three, interacting with those who are different from you, different ethnic beliefs, different cultural beliefs, different political beliefs, different, different economic standards than you, different economic levels than you. All of these types of differences that seem to separate can in fact bring people closer together by choosing to spend more time with people who are different than you. Even if you do not agree or hold the same beliefs or the same opinions, just being able to listen, spend time, and be more aware that other walks of life exist, give the option for independent thought to be awakened. And you might learn something about somebody else and put yourself in their shoes. So this is a twofold. Number four, travel. Travel opens you up to whole new worlds of independent thought because the more you travel and see different places, different cultures, different walks of life, you can then see there is a lot more to the little little world we develop and cultivate the little box in our head. Number five, don't look to be liked, but instead of being liked necessarily, being respected. So Giving respect and and earning respect is a wonderful thing outside of being liked. People don't have to like you to respect you. And that's, I feel, how we should view other people. You don't even have to agree with someone's opinion to respect their opinion. And by doing this, you open up to the independent thought. Because if you're always trying to be liked and you have this desire to be liked and you can't get past that, you're going to adopt the thoughts of those that are most common to being liked. Doesn't necessarily mean it's the right, quote unquote, or the truth for you as a person. It just means it's the most likable opinion. So you're going to adopt more opinions that people will like you more for, which isn't going to really be you. You want to make sure this is you as much as possible. So make sure you're working towards respect not necessarily someone's like and favor. This is an incredibly hard one, especially when you're talking about like family members because you want to be accepted and loved by your family or your friends. And so you try to take on the likable view many times, even subconsciously when you don't realize it. 
So now that we've talked about the five things that will keep independent thought very flowing in your brain, let's talk about some habits you can adopt in your daily this year that can really continue to get independent thought moving. One is pick a theme or a mantra for your year. And this is why you need to do this. A mantra is something you tell yourself over and over again or a theme is something you surround your theme upon when you're doing this if you if you take into consideration the other things i'm suggesting you will stay true to what is core you so you want to make sure your mantra or your theme is fully solely you this doesn't mean your opinion or your views can't be shifted or bent or swayed so that you can be open-minded. What this means is you're always gonna stay true to you. Why taking in all this new information of the world as well? So it's like something you tell yourself to hold on to, something that anchors you as a person. You wanna pick something that is solely you, that's not inside anybody's influence, but something that comes from deep within only you. Number two. A habit you can adopt is saying no to things that don't make you happy or make you more of yourself. So what I mean by this is when a responsibility pops up and you're like, well, I can just say no, that doesn't make me happy at this current moment. Doesn't necessarily mean that. What it means is say no to things that you don't need to add to the responsibilities you already have and say no to things that don't make you more of you. If you're a person who cares about your family and the responsibility is to do with your family, then of course, even if it doesn't make you happy in the moment, it's still part of you. You wanna say no to things that aren't you. And you get to define you, but be open-minded that maybe the you that you're looking at is something that's sculpted from other people. Number three, shop less and appreciate more. This seems like a silly thing, but it is a really good habit to start adopting this year because if you stop buying things and instead start appreciating more of what you already have, you come to an understanding that you don't need to clutter your mind with things and instead you have more space for thoughts. This seems like a very like woo concept, but it's true. If you have less things, you're not gonna be thinking about those things because they don't exist, you don't have them. But if you are thinking about more open-minded concepts outside of personal belongings, things that are higher thoughts, so this gives more room for independent thinking. Number four, tell yourself you're worthy every day of your own thoughts, beliefs, and truth this is a huge one telling yourself in a form that feels right to you every day that you're worthy of whatever you want whatever you're dreaming of whatever you're working towards and your beliefs what's truly your belief is so important Number five, celebrate the small wins. By doing this, every time you achieve something and it's something small or something big, but you celebrate the small stuff just as much as the bigger achievements, you give your mind opportunity to look at possibility. Your brain says, wow, we just achieved this. What else could we do? This gives the opportunity for more independent thought. 
Number six, looking at your bad habits and working on replacing them with a good habit that feels more like you than the bad habit you used to have. So why this is important is because when you self-evaluate and you see that maybe there are some small habits or things that are not particularly good for you or don't particularly serve you, swapping one of those every month for a good habit for that month and just working on that good habit all month long can give the opportunity to find more of what truly is your truth and your own independent thought will come as a byproduct because you're taking away the things that were programmed into you or the things you used for survival or the things you used as kind of a crutch. Bad habits are usually things we use as medicative or crutch or something to lean on that isn't good for us and doesn't feel naturally like us, but has become a part of us because we needed it for whatever purpose. It's kind of a Band-Aid. So ripping off the Band-Aid and replacing it with medicine is probably a better idea. And it gives us the ability to start thinking more like ourselves because we're making space. We're letting go of things that no longer serve us. Number seven is being the positivity and the positive energy you want to see in the world. So if you're someone like me who often looks at the world and gets a little upset when you watch the news or when you see things that really dismay your heart about progress or about rights or about the way people talk to or view each other, then you personally choosing to be a positive energy, a positive light, the kind you want to see in the world gives wide open space because it doesn't mean you'll be liked, but it does mean that people will see something in you that is different than the collective thought of others. And by giving yourself this positive energy to be the kind you want to see in the world, you start opening up your mind to new ideas and new thoughts and new possibilities for the world and for yourself. Okay, number eight, commit to something new once a month, a new adventure, exploration, new thought, new idea, new book, commit to something new that's outside of your comfort zone one time a month just by doing this. And you could do it more than that, but you could start baby steps with a small habit. By doing this, when you open up yourself to anything new, it's new information for your brain, which creates new brain cells working up there and connecting and making new pathways. And you get to build independent thoughts out of these new things. Okay, number nine. Saying thank you for your challenges instead of getting frustrated about them. Why this one is good is because growing and the mindset of growth gives us the ability to think new thoughts. When we get stuck on the frustrating things, the things that are difficult for us and the challenges that pop up in our lives, when we get stuck there, your brains play on loop because your brains are normally set to identify all the bad obstacle type things to avoid, trying to keep you safe. So it's trying to identify those first and we'll always think of those. So your brain will get stuck there and have a lot of trouble thinking about new thoughts. So instead of taking the approach of when a challenge pops up, being frustrated or upset, say thank you internally, out loud, however you need to say it, 
be appreciative for the challenge for a new opportunity to grow as a person. This will create a lot of new independent thought and keep you from being so stuck. Last but not least, the most important out of all of these habits to try and work towards to adopt new independent thought is working on practicing breaking your limited beliefs and your belief ceilings, challenging what you're capable of, challenging what you feel and think about yourself, the world, and others. So like I was saying before, there's a difference between limiting beliefs and belief ceilings. Belief ceilings are something that the collective has believed so it feels authentically true, even if it's not definitively true. So let's say that like, for instance, that a tomato is a fruit, not a vegetable. There might be a collective that you spend time with that believes it is a vegetable and it will always be a vegetable. But science then came out with this this thought and this idea that a vegetable is a fruit. So your belief ceiling says, nope, it is in fact a vegetable. This is what the collective around me believes and I also believe this, it is a vegetable. But then science says, no, it's a fruit. Because the vegetable idea feels true, because it's always been true for the collective around you, because it feels true, you totally throw out the idea that it could be a fruit because it doesn't align with the belief system of the collective around you. Instead of taking the observation that there is scientific evidence showing why they changed it to a fruit and just taking in the information, Trying it on is what I like to call. Try the idea on. How does it feel? Does it feel like it could be true? Because the the fact that a tomato is a vegetable is not definitively true. It is simply a belief ceiling. It only goes so far because of the collective. Now, a limiting belief is something kind of different entirely, and this is how. A limiting belief is something like this. Um, I'm not good enough. And you might list a bunch of evidence in your own defense of your own experience of why you're not good enough. That's a belief that you're holding and it's a limiting belief, but the collective around you probably doesn't think that. You can probably go to your mom, your best friend, your family, your friends, your cousins and say, am I good enough? And they're gonna say, absolutely. It's not a collective belief that's held, it's just a belief you hold by programming that's limiting you. Both of these are problems though. Belief systems are things that are outside of the comfort zone of the collective, so we won't step out and say it even if we thought it. And then the limiting beliefs are beliefs we hold individually based on something that was programmed into us, even if the collective doesn't necessarily agree. So make sure the number one habit you try to adopt when trying to create more independent thought within yourself is breaking down these limiting beliefs, these belief ceilings, and practicing new things to replace these beliefs. Giving them new life to be a better human, to be a better person, to be a better you. That's what this is about. It's not questioning reality or the status quo to just for the rebel purpose of doing it. Independent thought is not designed for that. Independent thought is designed to give us the capacity to see what is possible, to push the boundaries of our future and what we're capable of, 
and question whether that's what we really want to believe. Just because everybody believed it first, does that make it reasonable to continue to believe it? Just like there's been many, many, many centuries where people have been under terrible living conditions and treated horribly, kept as slaves and unhumane conditions, treated near not human. And for a long time, collectively, people accepted that. But that doesn't make it your truth. That doesn't make it right. So learning how to continually grow to know what is right and what is true for you and what you want to see more of in the world, independent thought helps you do that. Breaking away from the belief ceilings, the things that are keeping us just right here on this floor of thinking, not busting through those into the sky and seeing what we're capable of as humans for the greater good of everybody else and for the greater good of you individually. It is the ability to create something better than what we have right now. And it starts with independent thought. So learn to break down your own, your own belief downfalls, the things that are holding you back, not serving you, and not serving a better world for you too and for everybody else. Just remember, when you create a better world for everyone else, you create a better world for you too. So join me in creating more independent thought and visit me on happythinkerlifecoach.com if you want some coaching on this topic. And I will talk to you real soon.